broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. The NFL has done significant legwork on this Deshaun Watson case. Typically, they don't interview the player subject who's under review of the personal conduct policy unless they have a lot of information, which means they've spoken to a lot of the alleged victims here, and this could be wrapping up fairly soon. Now, the league is still monitoring the deposition that Deshaun Watson is going through. He's scheduled to appear in Texas in late June, so you know they could wait to see what he said there, but you know, they feel pretty good about uh, all the information that they've gathered. They have a good grasp on this case, and teams I talked to, some of which were involved in trying to trade for him a few months back, they were sort of ballparking a suspension of, say, six games. They don't know for sure, but that's some of the guesswork the teams have been doing over recent months. It'll be pretty interesting, right, uh, to see where Deshaun Watson's stuff falls. I know you're talking about this, Casey. So there's a bit of, like, it loses its logic to me on the Deshaun Watson front. Like, why is he going to get suspended if he hasn't been found guilty of anything? Like, yeah, I don't know. I know it's not a parallel thing, right? Like I yeah. know it's not one means the other, but uh, there's still so much unknown about his situation that I mean, it just seems weird that the NFL could suspend him, yet the NFL could also, by suspension, say you're guilty before any court of law says you're guilty. Yeah, no, it's a good call. I just at th- least perception-wise, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I I just can't imagine, man. I really can't that this whole thing happens and listen i understand he wasn't he has not been found guilty of anything and that's absolutely a fair point but i just have a hard time believing that all of this that's happened with deshaun watson and he faces zero punishment from the nfl he let's remember here he didn't play last year because he didn't want to play he, he wasn't told he, he could play exactly so you know there i feel like they're they're I, I, I feel like there needs to be, but that's solely me saying that. That's not you saying that. That's me saying that. I feel like I'd feel better if there was some, but it feels it would. I think it'd be incredible if the NFL let us go out in week one without any punishment after this whole thing. So I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, Brent Bartno, Casey Kurtz. Uh, we're live at St. John's Country Day. The Spartans play North Florida Christian tonight. Uh, do want to mention Bartram Trail plays Haggerty tonight in baseball, both with a chance to go to the Final Four. Meanwhile, Bishop Kenny out at Sewanee. They've won 12 in a row. What a story they are. They play for a chance to go to the Final Four. Columbia will go to the Final Four with a win uh, last night. And Fernandina Beach might be the best story of all. Uh, they are a Cinderella team, eight seed. They'll play a seven-seed Villages on the road with a chance to go to the State Final Four. For, I think that's their first regional final since like 2006. Clayton Freeman uh, had some pretty good info on that. Uh, Clayton does a terrific job uh, for the Florida Times Union. And so um, those are some of the games that are on the horizon uh, coming up tonight and this week when it comes to baseballs. We're down to the, the nitty-gritty of it all. Some teams just now three wins away from a state championship in high school baseball, but it'll be the three most difficult wins uh, they could get this season there's no doubt about that is there this year for the jacksonville jaguars we call it football five we're going to go football at five we, we mentioned some things about the afc west and and could the jags beat a team from the west they didn't beat a team from the nfc west if you look at their roster and, and i'm not in like roster building mode for the jacksonville jaguars mm-hmm. are there any outside of trayvon walker and devin lloyd which they're getting a ton of attention is, like, Chad Muma, like, the guy that people are most interested in and in seeing what happens, like, and how this unveils itself, playing time, impact, 
Um, could he be really good, like a diamond in the rough? Am I missing someone? Is Fortner – like, I just don't feel Fortner that way, but maybe other people do. Are and, we strictly talking draft, by the way? Well, I don't know. We don't have to okay. uh, because that's what I was going to get into. Like, I think after that, like, you're really needle in a haystacking after that. Right, I mean, if some if Buster Brown's really good or it makes an impact, like, come on, we're just guessing. Like, we, we might as well flip a coin. But then I think you do go to the draft class, and I don't think Kirk fits this because, again, I'm taking the top guys out of there. I'm not even sure, like, an Aluacon fits this. But does Darius Williams maybe be that X factor? I think Fadakasi has a real good chance because we don't know a lot about him. We've read some stuff. They obviously invested in him. They invested in Roy Robertson Harris a bit last year, too, though, and that didn't get everybody so fired up. So, I, I mean, Sheriff, we know what he is. He's a blue-chip guy. I guess what I'm getting at is who's the under-the-radar players that are new to the Jags, that are going to make, make the impact, that maybe help push this thing forward more than we expect. Yeah, I think... So I will say with Muma, because that's kind of where you started, I think at least my part with him, and I think a lot of people feel the same way, is having him lets you do so many other things with the two guys you mentioned in Walker and Lloyd. So I think the idea of having him, a lot of people had him high on their board or had extreme value where you got him, so that obviously plays in because you think you got a steal. But I think having him allows you to open up what to do with the other two first-round, or the, the two first-round picks, I should say. So I think that's the excitement there. But you said it. For me, it's Darius Williams because now you think you have three really good corners. One of them's going to have to play inside, obviously. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I know, I know you might, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Darius Williams might be the slot guy. I think there's still options there. But nonetheless, I think there's intrigue because you have three guys at corner that aren't named Jalen Ramsey to start with, but you have three guys that you feel really, really good about that can lock guys down. And that's something that I feel like we haven't had in a while here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, well, and I think you're right. I, I think the, a guy like Williams, see, I have a lot of confidence in Shaq Griffin. I have a lot of confidence in, in Tyson Campbell. I heard more good things, by the way, this uh, week about Tyson Campbell over the weekend talking to some folks, and, uh, and they love him, and they think he's going to be really good. And there's all signs that point to him being good, and I think we can feel that even from the outside looking in. I think Shaq Griffin is solid enough and good enough and maybe even can be really good. He's just got to catch a few picks, and I think we would have put him in that category. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I think there's some unknown about Williams. Like, how good was he with the Rams? Two years ago, he was terrific. Last year, I think he was pretty good, but he also, like, Ramsey did a lot of that. So, like, A.J. Boye was really good the year Ramsey was really good, too, you know, and that defense was really good. But then after that, A.J. Boye was just okay. So, and what is A.J. Boye even doing now? Like, just trying to sign on with teams. Right. You know? So is Darius Williams that guy? We root for him to be really good. He's a local kid, and so there's a lot of reasons to root. But, I mean, is he more A.J. Boye that had a real good flash season? Or two? And then he kind of, not fizzles, but just becomes a guy because he was playing on a really good defense. Or can he be a guy that elevates a defense or buttons things up so much that your defense is elevated or your position group is as good as we think it might be? Like, that trio of corners and now they add some more depth in the draft and stuff that trio of corners is arguably the strongest part of their football team on paper i think it is without a doubt and so, and so i think that's a good call i just feel like i i feel like Moom is interesting and he's kind of like this fun guy to watch but i don't think he's gonna be on the field enough to do it i actually think fatakasi is that guy and 
I, the reason I say that, Casey, is because, one, I, I genuinely don't think we know a lot about them. I think there's they're buying on projection a little bit here. There's also some hidden numbers like the pro football focuses of the world and everything else that, that performed well with Kasi. And let's be honest, they don't have a lot there that, that is going to be like, wow, they could be really good on that defensive tackle. And so, like, he has to be pretty good for them. They have pieces. Yeah. They have bodies. They have Malcolm Brown still. They have Devon Hamilton. But, like, they need some studs on that defensive front. Will they move Trayvon Walker there at times? Maybe. But I think they need Fadakasi to play well because they didn't invest in the draft in that position. No. And, and again, down the road they may have with Walker, but Walker's going to start at the outside linebacker spot. So they didn't in the, in, in the immediate. So I actually think, like, Fadakasi becomes this huge X factor that gets swallowed up in all the Christian Kirk talk and Brandon Sheriff talk and now Trayvon Walker talk and Devin Lloyd talk and Chad Muma talk. And it's like, hey, this is a guy they invested in, and they might really need him to perform well if they're going to take a step on defense and a step as a football team. I don't disagree with you, but let me ask you this. In t- this is a guy I- – I agree with everything you're saying, by the way. That position especially – but this is a guy that's had three sacks in his career. He wasn't brought in to do that. I understand that completely. But when you say, like, he needs to be good, I like, when you say that he could make a big impact, is that solely in the run game? Or are you saying more from that as well as maybe he can get after the quarterback a little more than he had in his career so far? Yeah, see, I think we have said that we think he can be good in the run game. But I think they invested in him because – his sack numbers might not impress you, but I think his behind-the-scenes, like, deep-dive numbers are really pretty strong Yeah, from pushing the pocket. Okay. And so I think, they, I think they feel like they can get, let's say, I don't want to make it, like, on this level, but remember how we looked at a guy like Marcel Darius who was going to clog the middle, but if he needed to push and rush, he could. He could yeah. move that pile or at least create some cave-in moments where then that allows like a guy like Josh Allen and company to get after the quarterback. I think to that degree you could also say when they kicked uh, Calais Campbell inside, he would do similar things. Yes. And so, so can he be that guy? Like, Well, I actually think he's more – they envision him more to be that guy. Now, I might be wrong, but I envision him to be a guy that maybe can impact the game in both facets. It might not come with – crazy numbers like eight or nine sacks in a season but it might come with impact that allows the other guys to pick up the stats yeah so i was going to say when we look at the end of the season if josh allen and everybody had a bigger thing we might be able to point to fadakasi and be like well the push from the inside was there and that allowed josh allen to excel like we saw last year against the bad josh allen yes and and that's the great game to pick up and bring up because that was the difference. And you really, you could go back to the game prior or two games prior. Where, I think it was two games prior. It was the Miami Dolphins game because they, they start, Josh like, came real close to getting some sacks in, in that game, mm-hmm. and they got pushed on the interior. Their, three, their two best games, in my opinion, I don't know if they would grade out this way, but where I noticed it was the Dolphins game and then that Bills game where they actually played well on the interior, which helped create the mess on the outside, which you know turns into results, sacks, turnovers, the rest. And I just think they need more of that. They got hardly any of that. And so, Fadakasi, I mean, there's basically the same guys on the roster yeah. outside of Fadakasi, and they're, they're going to play more 3-4, and it's going to be a different style defense, so maybe some of the guys fit better. But, I mean, they need that guy to be productive and to add to that line and give them something, quite frankly, last year's line didn't give them enough of. 
Yeah, so more or less, we need uh, Fadakasi to be what we thought Roy Robertson-Harris was, but maybe wasn't. Yeah, and in fairness to a guy like Roy Robertson-Harris, I'm not sure we've seen the best of him. He actually came on strong toward the end of the year. He was hurt at times during the year. And then he started to make some push. But, again, that's a guy that's – what was he paid? Like, uh, I want to say it was a three-year deal, $24 million, $21 million. Yeah. I mean, it's right. not absurd money, but it's still like, hey, it's significant enough to let's hear your name called. Yeah. Right? I mean, they drafted Devon Hamilton. I like him. They brought over Malcolm Brown. Is the tank uh, maybe more toward empty than full potentially? So, like, I don't know where a guy like Jay Tefeli now fits, who we haven't seen much of. It was a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and again, what do they decide to do with Walker eventually and, and even a guy like Smoot who can play multiple positions? So that defensive front, because we don't really know what it looks like anyway, like who's playing where and how and why and, and what's it going to look like, I think is really tough to predict, but I think it's under-talked about. And uh, th- they have a lot of different things that they've done well, but it's uh, they haven't talked enough about that. Brian Middleton, did I just hear Brian Middleton talk? You might have unconfirmed, but he is indeed here. He joined the fold. Wow. How about that? Yeah, we did uh, a little, we did a little uh, switcheroo, switcheroo while you were yeah. talking. Yeah. I, I figured that's what was We're happening. talented back here in the studio, man. We, we got yeah. it going. Well, listen, man. I mean, we're shooting video. We're doing things. I got a speaker out here now, guys. I'm really excited about this. Like, now you can hear the show if you stop by. Like, you haven't been able to do that. But I invested in the product. Hey, we appreciate and now you. now you can do that. We We're going to be on the road all the time. Now they can hear Casey. I appreciate See, the that. The reason, reason I did, Steph's like, why did you do that? And by the way, the thing wasn't really expensive anyway. It was like, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. And it's very simplistic, and it works well. And I can blast this sucker big time. I'm actually keeping it quiet because I was just trying it out. But I said two reasons. One, like, we go to Davoli's House of Cards tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. We'll be there from 3 to 6. And when you're talking, if you're not with me or, you know, or Brian's talking or we have sound, like, they can't hear that. When we're on the road. Yeah. So now they'll be able to hear exactly what's going on in the show. The other thing, this is self-preservation here, is when you talk and I stop talking and I'm on the road, people come up to me and want to talk because uh, they don't see my lips moving. Well, they know you got the Sharpie in your pocket ready to sign, so well, they, thought, they thought it was a good time. Uh, I was going to get to that point, but that's problematic. So this will help me now at least keep people at bay, and yeah. I'll just do signings in between commercial break in the breaks folks we only we got five minutes in the breaks for a reason brent's got the sharpie uncapped and ready to roll uh well i mean we might have set up signing soon at palm beach autographs or something see if it happens oh boy uh welcome in brian middleton hey man how we doing i mean do you just show up when you want to show up middleton i thought you were coming in at five o'clock you know i got here at like 450 Seven four fifty six. I like that. I and, appreciate that. And I, you know, I had a meeting. I had a meeting. Yeah, I had to take. Called into the principal's office. You know. So hey, I was here on time, ready to go. But duty calls. Duty man. calls, man. You understand that, Brent? Hey, you know, I never got to this last week with you, and I teased it. And I apologize. <laughs> I know where you're going. What happened? To, so I want more on the vending machine business. Okay. So you own a vending machine. Yeah. One. One. Yeah. You you wish you had like how many? Uh, if I had any more than probably six or seven, I would probably quit. Quit everything <laughs> my, else. My full time job. Once you get to like ten, that's a full time job. Yeah, because it. What you, okay, so what's the process? You've got this one. 
Yeah. How often do you have to go fill it up and check the cash out of there? I usually go once a week. So once a week you have to put the product in? Yeah, all, but not, you know, of course not all of them. just kind of depends on what's out, uh, what's low, what's selling. Like running a mini business. Well, of course. Like, I understand that part. But, yeah. like, I never really – I don't think I've ever met anybody that owned a vending machine. Really? That you know well, of. Check that off the list. Well, yeah. Well, that, like, and had a conversation about it. Yeah, check that off the list. It's really a, a good alternative stream of income if you're looking for it, honestly. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, seven-figure Brent Martineau or six-figure oh. Casey Kurt. He like, does this. I don't know why. All of – all of us, you know, can have a, a you know a benefit from having a vending machine or maybe like one of those um, uh, vacuum type uh, machines that you would have at a gas station. Those are pretty good money makers. Oh, you can have, like, that's like a separate machine. Like the gas station doesn't own that. There, there are some where you can actually yeah, put those in. Yeah, absolutely. That's nice. I, it really? would just depend on, of course, which gas station, uh, what their actual you know corporation, uh, what they actually provide each you know gas station location. So yeah. Does anybody buy, like, new vending machines now? Or do you get them, like, on Craigslist or whatever's popular? Well, I didn't get mine like, on Craigslist, but I didn't buy mine brand new. That's where I'd be okay. looking. Craigslist. No, 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 I didn't buy mine brand new at all. Is Craigslist still a thing? Yes. I think it is. Hmm? Okay. It's still a website. Okay. They got a domain Is that where people buy stuff, or do they buy stuff on different places now? Yeah. F Facebook Marketplace is big. Oh, is that really a big thing? Like, I see that sometimes, but yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah, it's big. It's just okay. your neighbor selling stuff, pretty much. I got you. Um, so anyway, so a lot of people will buy used vending machines in your business. Yeah, you probably could get a, a good one that's functioning. I mean, honestly, for under a thousand, five hundred to a thousand. I've been trying to get one. And so, like, that's not that's not unheard of. I would right, recommend that you actually find a location before you buy it, though, unless you have a place to store it that's not just outside in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one one last question for you. What is too how much how many vending machines is too many vending machines like you wouldn't want to own x amount i would have to hire somebody past like 15 honestly because i wouldn't okay. want her to deal with it but that's I a lot it. right there 10 is a lot and i told you i would quit probably at six or seven if they're doing the numbers that you know the one that i have does there so. you go brag on okay. them all right good deal man i appreciate the knowledge about the vending machine that no was worries. Kind of fun. uh hey let's get captain rick on he'll talk some fishing now he doesn't care about vending machines unless you want one out at the dock, Captain Rick, for the Sportsman Fishing Report. I'd like to have an ice vending machine on my dock. <laughs> I can tell you that. Brent, I was in high school, okay, if that gives you an idea. I mean, this was back in, in Fred Flintstone days. And a buddy of mine and I pulled into Green Cove Springs, and he put 50 cents in a vending machine, and a block of ice fell out. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. Fishermen would pay a lot of money to be able to get their ice before the minute markets and all open. Brent, why, did, why didn't I think of twice the ice? <laughs> I mean, that's, of course, I'm already making six figures in the fishing business, so I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing all right. <laughs> I guess that's a nice but, humble brag. Did you catch anything today? Well, listen, listen, <laughs> $7,100.59 is six figures. <laughs> Very good. That is I've true. got a six-figure income. <laughs> Uh, what was you it like a today? fine day of, of just the, the best spring we've seen of mahi fishing in a long time. Now, it, it may not be quite as spectacular as it was a week ago, but Jody Lynn, too, today had 15 nice gaffers. They had three wahoo and a tuna, so a, a fine, fine day for them. 
I talked with Captain David Borries, and he did pretty good today. He did uh, quite well on trout, better than yesterday. He was fishing the end of the high tide, the first of the fall, where the fish were just coming out of the grass in the inner way. And uh, a good day on reds and a good day on trout. So, gosh, it's a wonderful month. I sure wish we had two or three of them. I know one thing. I'm rigging baits right now. I'll be headed out long before the sun comes up and probably in after the sun goes down because it's a long way. The fish are about 70 miles off our coast right now. So uh, it'll be a long trip tomorrow. But I'll try and call in with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Talk to you tomorrow, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Maybe you can make that a seven-figure job by later in the week. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Let's take a break. We're live at St. John's Country Day. Spartans take on North Florida Christian tonight at 7 o'clock. Regional final game. Chance to go to the final four in high school baseball. Uh, they're not the only team locally doing it. There's a lot of softball action as well. We even got some spring football games tonight. We will have it all for you tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30 and continue to post it on social media. Uh, really been a fun couple weeks covering a lot of different teams uh, from Florida to North Northeast Florida to Southeast Georgia along the way. We roll on football at five on ESPN 690 right after this. Brent Martineau along with Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We are live from St. John's Country Day. The Spartans getting set to take on North Florida Christian tonight at 7 o'clock. We've got some fantastic softball and baseball in the area tonight, even a little football. And I think Stuart Weber will join us in a couple moments from out there in uh, Baker County. I, I got to check off a couple boxes from the show here. I asked uh, this question today on the show. Mm. Um, best high school teams ever around here in any sport. And yep. who do you think of? And, of course, it's a very subjective question. Uh, Will Brown, uh, who's covered a lot of local sports in the area, said, I had a college soccer coach tell me that Ponte Vedra's 2016 boys soccer team was the best varsity team he's ever seen. He went 25-0, and only trailed for 47 minutes all season long. They Jeez. won by an average of four goals a game. Uh, Adam says, 2019 Ponte Vedra boys lacrosse team. And remember, I, I think I brought that one up uh, as well. Kevin Sullivan, our coach Sully, who, by the way, coach. is going to get a field named after him on Friday. 2004 running, Bulls football, 2004, running clock in state championship game. In wow. third quarter, Riley Skinner, John Russell, Rocky Ross, Max Higgs, Colin Peake, and a host of others. Might be the best high school football team I've ever seen. I think our buddy Chris Ryer, uh, who played on that 96 team, might disagree, Sully, but... Uh, I like it anyway. I think Coach uh, would know, Brent, to be honest with yeah, you. Well, I think, uh, well, of course, and Ryer was, he had his false goggles on at the time. Uh, Corey Goff, greatest single team has to be St. John's Country Day women's soccer program. If you're looking for single greatest team in a single year, it'd be a bit harder. And we are. This is a dynasty out here in soccer. They're the, They've won, I think, yeah. 11 straight now state championships in girls' soccer. So it's crazy. Uh, and the reason we bring it up is because, quite frankly, I think mentioned in this conversation, if they can go along and win state championships, is this baseball team here. They'll be amongst one of the most talented teams that we've seen come out of here, at least in my 15 years, and I think it could go well beyond. Uh, also, I think Bartram Trail, if they can somehow win a state championship in a loaded Class 7A, I mean, that would be incredible uh, to take that home. And they are gifted. They are a talented group. So that's how we got on the conversation. Uh, today when it comes to that. Also, one more answer. Mike Burrish answers the firefly question. Oh, what do we got? There are fireflies in Florida. Really? But they are generally not as populous as more northern latitudes, and the population peak is in spring. 
Mm. Apparently, there are 50-plus species in the state, but you have to go to the right places. Amelia Island even has Firefly tours in March and April. Dude's a genius. Borish is amazing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what. We got 1,400 SAT guy on right now, and I don't think he knew that. Welcome in Stuart Weber from out in Baker County. What's happening, Weber? What's happening? Uh, I, I know all the things about lightning bugs and fireflies. What are you talking about? I, I don't know anything about them. I do know I like that hat a lot. You were talking about it earlier. I do. I'm the one who owns the uh, the mason jar hat. Yes, uh, it's a kind cool of hat. A, uh, yeah, it's like a, a neon fluorescent yellow mason jar uh, to signify the the firefly inside the jar. It's pretty cool. I like that hat a lot. Gets hey, a lot of questions. Yeah, give us a spring football is hard to get too geeked up about unless you're playing spring football and then you're geeked up about it. I was at Camden County last night. I, guys, I mean, the cheerleaders, I mean, there were like 50 cheerleaders. They were on each side for Camden County. Uh, they had the student section. They were in it, uh, like really involved in it. Good crowd, fun crowd. And we're talking like May 16th football in a 90-degree degree evening. <laughs> I mean, it was really good. And by the way, Stuart, You'll probably get something similar tonight in Baker County for uh, the Wildcats taking on Creekside. Yeah, the folks in McClenny, uh, they, they certainly know how to roll out the red carpet when you're talking about high school football. And, and yes, it can be hard to get geeked out about some of the spring games, but I think the big storyline for me this year is all the change that we're going to have this upcoming fall when you're talking about high school football and classifications and what we can kind of expect for the season to come. This is going to be the first year under this new system where everyone is split into metropolitan classifications and suburban classifications. Now, both of the teams I'm going to see here tonight, Creekside and Baker County, are both suburban. So uh, they will compete in different classifications than, oh, I don't know, say Miami Central, who Baker County lost to in last year's state semifinal matchup by a sizable margin. So now Baker County is going to be competing in a classification that fits the Wildcats and the environment a whole lot better. They're going to be in classification 2S, which is Suburban 2. It's going to go 1 to 4. That's a little confusing, but don't worry about it. A smaller classification with more similar like-minded teams, and, and that can only help those teams when they're trying to compete against the teams that are similar to them. So I'm really excited about that this fall and kind of how that shakes out, and we'll get a good chance to see how much of the talent returns from that Final Four team a year ago for the Wildcats tonight here at Memorial Stadium. Hey, Casey and, and Middleton, you want to know how much Baker County loves their football? Sure. I saw this tweet about 11 hours ago. Tonight's spring game against Creekside will kick off at Memorial Stadium at 6.30. If you purchased a chicken and rice dinner, they will be available for pickup from 11 to 1 across the street from the stadium. What? I mean, we got providing dinner in advance. That is different. I, I will give it to you. That's different, and um, I really don't know what to say. And by the way, Weber, they'll take care of you out there, man, because they take care of the media when we come out. They certainly do. Uh, I just don't know if I'll be around long enough. We're, we're running and gunning a little bit tonight. We'll get some highlights, of course, from here. Then uh, jet over to Baldwin uh, with Lady Indians are taking on uh, an opponent in the round two of the softball playoffs. So uh, a good good night for high school sports. Obviously, you talked about the baseball tonight, uh, but softball as well. Tons of teams in action on that front. And high school football, I, I like the fact that they gets spread out in the spring. A lot of Thursday and Friday games, but the occasional Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, all all kind of sprinkled in amongst the schedule gives us a chance to see some different schools since we can't be everywhere at once. Let me repeat that for, for everyone, viewers and listeners. <laughs> we can't be everywhere at once. We do the best we can. So uh, certainly uh, excited about getting to a few different places tonight. 
All right, man. Thanks for checking in. Uh, this is Stuart Weber. Uh, he'll be out in Baker County, and he'll have the shows uh, for us tonight as well. So we'll send back some highlights from here and some other spots along the way. Check out Action Sports Shacks tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. Thanks, Weber. Yeah, you got it. No, uh, no lightning bug facts on the show, show tonight, unfortunately. No, no time. We have high- we'll leave that for the weather guy. <laughs> That's right. We'll let him get it. Uh, all right, uh, Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. Are we going into the danger zone, Middleton? If you guys are feeling lucky, you guys ready? <laughs> sure. You guys want to do it? Yeah, Let's I'm ready. All right, who started off last week? Me. Okay, go ahead and start off this week, Casey. Sure thing. All right, what you got? Um, mine is more for the fans of this team and anybody that believes in this team, and that's the New York Yankees. And it is a dangerous spot to be in if you are a New York Yankees fan. I know what you're thinking. Why would it be a dangerous spot? We're 26-9. and nine. 14 and 4 at home. 8 8 and 2 in our last 10. By far, by far, the best team in the American League. It's actually not close at all. But you're going to fall into a dangerous spot, Yankees fans, because let's be honest. Be honest with yourselves. Nestor Cortez, who I know, he has a 1 3 5 ERA through seven starts. Be honest with yourself. How's that going to hold up? Jamison Tyon has a 2 9 3 ERA through six starts. Be honest, that's not going to hold up. Your highest ERA from a starter is Luis Severino, who is still in the threes. The point I'm trying to make is this. Is that really going to hold up for 162 games? I know you all believe that it will. It will not. And to add insult to injury, look at the stats. Aaron Judge is a killer. No doubt about it. Is Giancarlo Stan really going to hit 298 this year? No. Is Anthony Rizzo really going to keep this power up? No. So, Yankees fans, have your moment now. Enjoy it. Because it's May and it'll get into June. But when it really counts in September, October, the Yankees will fold because this is not sustainable. So the fans and everyone believes in the Yankees right now are living it up, but they should be in the danger zone. Danger zone. Casey Kurtz, who's that? Me or you? Brent Martineau, man. Uh, You know, age before beauty. Oh, yikes. Got a little both here, but that's okay. Yikes. Uh, Here's the deal. You know, I think it's early, but I'm going to look forward to football season. And I feel like when I see a headline or two or hear conversation about the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel like they might be in the danger zone. The Bengals have been, they they built this thing. Joe Burrow's really good. Came back from injury. They add Jamar Chase. They're trying to beef up that line multiple ways, draft picks and then even free agents. Uh, They still have T. Higgins. Uh, Logan Wilson, what a find he was. They have a lot of good players, a lot of good pieces. But I'm a little concerned about them going into the hangover year of 2022, coming off what they did. Because what they did is come out of nowhere. And now you have to back it up. And do they have the fortitude? Do they have the culture already built there to be able to back it up when people are coming after you? Totally different in sports to be the hunted Instead of being the hunter, they were the hunter. Now they're the hunted, and they're hunted in a division that, well, can really be good. Lamar Jackson and Baltimore finished fourth in that division, folks. If they stay healthy, they're way better than they were. Did the Steelers get better in the draft at receiver? Will Trubisky be able to make them more dangerous than an aging Ben Roethlisberger? And it felt like they lost their mojo a little bit. And now you have Deshaun Watson. We'll see for how long of the season in Cleveland. Definitely appears to be an upgrade. Your division just got really hard. 
And now you take on a different role as the front runner in an AFC North that actually could be in a sleeper kind of way loaded and turn into the best division in all of football in 2022. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I hope you enjoyed it, but you might be entering the danger zone. Oh, that was really well good. Done, yeah. yeah, that was really good. That, it wasn't. It was okay. No, that was really good. No, it, it you were hated. Really you were hated. That was really good, Brent. Yeah, all I right. agree with you. Yeah, there we go. All right, so you know, my danger zone isn't for a team; it's for an entire league. Can I get Major League Baseball? Come up to the front of the class, please. Thank you, Conley. Now, listen up now. I know you guys probably touched on this yesterday, but the Reds-Pirates game on Sunday is a huge reason why I think baseball ain't winning and bringing in new fans. Tell me how you throw a no-hitter for all those innings and lose. Better yet, tell me how a team doesn't get any hits and wins. And fun fact, I do know how it happened. I, I read the article. I didn't watch the game. But I already think baseball is too slow. I already think there are times where there's not enough offense, especially this season where there's a not uh, a high batting average. Maybe it's at an all-time low. I believe that's what the article said I read a couple of weeks ago. And now you want the casual observer to take two and a half, three, four hours to watch a game with no hits, but a team wins via a ground out because it was three walks? Listen, Major League Baseball, I keep hearing how exciting the sport is and can be, but check this out. We don't believe you. You need more people. If you guys stay down this track of being slow and a bit dry, you're going to be fighting the WNBA and the Winter Olympics for viewers. MLB, you are in the danger zone. Mm, that's a strong take on it and, and probably not get a lot of disagreement. I will say this, Middleton. I like what you, I, I like what you bring up because the one thing about what happened with the Reds game, stylistically, you might be right, but it has you talking about it. And when you're talking about something, that means something different happened. Something big happened. Something to catch people's eyes. The Reds and the Pirates are two of the worst teams and franchises maybe in Major League Baseball. Thanks. And they got people's attention because of what just happened. So it's the beauty of sports sometimes. But in this case, maybe a benefactor is Major League Baseball. Because people are talking about two of the worst teams that nobody ever talks about in Major League Baseball. And I will say one other thing. Every time this comes up, I think of it, I think a different way, because I like when Brian Middleton brings this baseball up. The one problem with Major League, one problem with baseball in general is Tom Lucas just said it. It's the hardest thing to do in sports, say to baseball. It's, it's like cliche, but it's also yeah. like known fact. It's really hard thing. And you know what else? You cannot manipulate the rules enough for entertainment purposes. You are going to have one nothing games where pitchers just beat the hitters. And... You cannot, oh, unless you want to put aluminum bats out there, you're not going to have 12-10 games. In football, they've changed all the rules and taken everything away from the defense to allow for 35-31 games. In basketball, they, what did they allow to the zone defense, right? A little bit in the NBA. They've adjusted rules to allow for more scoring. In college basketball, they've tried to create more scoring. So you can't do that in the game of baseball. Like, I don't know how you create more scoring in baseball. Unless you want to put the dang thing on a tee. Aluminum bats. I'm with that it. would be dangerous. You'd be dangerous, but it'd be late. Can you imagine Giancarlo Stanton hitting with an aluminum bat? Uh, I can't, and that's what's exciting about it. Now, granted, we might need to give the pitchers an L screen, right? Because we want everyone to survive and be okay. But can you imagine? Like, okay, just think about this. One game a year, you get to use aluminum bats. Can you imagine it would be sold out? It'd be standing room only because literally it would be insane. You'd have dudes hitting home runs out of the stadium. One game a year, Brent, please. 
That would be. Has, has anybody ever proposed that? I don't know, but I, if I'm the first, first of all, don't steal my idea. Copyright ESPN 690 Jacksonville Action Sports Jacks. But at the same time, it's a great idea. So if it pops up, I'll be disappointed someone took my idea. But it's a great one, no doubt about it. That's what that's what you get on this station. Great, great ideas. <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's a, that's a really. I think it's an interesting exhibition mm-hmm. game I to know. see. Stanton and Bryce Harper and others. Vlad Guerrero with an aluminum bat. It'd be sick. It'd be sick. You need <laughs> a couple different crazy. L screens. It'd be dangerous, but it'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, you might want to double net that sucker. <laughs> yeah, probably should. <laughs> Triple net it. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We put a bow on the show. We lead into Action Sports Shacks OT with these guys right here. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. Some more to come from them when we come back on ESPN 690. <laughs> Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Been fun hanging out here at St. John's Country Day as they get ready to play some baseball against North Florida Christian in a regional final. Uh, taking a little bit of a live look at uh, the field right now. I was going to show you, and then everybody stretched and moved away. So maybe I'll I'll point it in this direction um, as they are. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they're the boys. Yeah, they are. Am I still on speaker? Uh, probably. What do yeah. you mean, probably, Brent? Am I on speaker or not? Well, I think the speaker's still working. When I'm on the air, I can't hear the speaker, so, yes. Oh, sweet. Uh, so, yeah, you're on the speaker, I think. Nice. Uh, um, so, yeah, it'll be uh, St. John's Country Day against uh, North Florida Christian, and we got Bartram Trail taking on Haggerty. Uh, Fernandina Beach goes on the road to take on the Villages. Columbia won last night. They go to the Final Four. I'm missing somebody. Bishop Kenny out at Sewanee. So those are the uh, baseball matchups today, and we got a bunch of softball in the area too. Some really good softball matchups. Uh, if you have a chance to go watch, like Keystone Heights and Providence play at Providence, that should be a heck of a game. Baldwin in Florida High, uh, Stuart Weber will stop by there. That should be a heck of a game, and there's other ones too. Trinity Christians playing actually St. John's Country Day uh, softball team. And University Christians playing. They're on kind of a collision course. Could be Trinity and UC on Friday uh, for the regional finals. So, hey, the, Brent, uh, what's he got? You remember when we talked about the Villages the other day? Yeah. And I said they have a high school team. Brian yeah. just said the exact same thing, just not on the air. <laughs> so that's what yeah. I was laughing at. It is kind of interesting that they uh, have that. But you don't think of the Villages and think of high school sports. And not good ones either. But, hey, shout out to them. Like I, I said, the age requirement. That's what I thought, too. Right? Am I, I'm wrong. Well, clearly. I feel like has that turned it, and I don't know. Like I don't have any knowledge of it. Uh-huh. But uh, do they? Is that you guys remember? You know this probably, Casey. Remember the place Celebration? Yeah. It, right. Mm-hmm. I think like years ago, I remember that being one of those communities where it was like everything was right there. Right. They. It was kind of like what Nakatee now is. Yeah. And that became like the thing. And so then they had like Celebration High School and stuff. Well, I wonder if the villages has a little has also like people that are retired but also an area like that yeah like, i, I mean, don't know that but i mean i gotta believe it does like they might have built it out like a nakati as well you know it, um, it, where, where kind something. of everything's in its own community there's gotta be something because there's no possible way that this many people live with their grandparents <laughs> and are on <laughs> the team it's <laughs> true that is fact like that's that's not the case um so I don't I don't understand the dynamic of the villages. I'm not 55 yet, I guess, to look into it. But I guess I didn't have to be either. <laughs> yeah, that's these boys are good. Apparently, though, 19 and seven. I'm looking when yeah. you type in the villages. By the way, the first thing that comes up 
after well, the second first the, the first thing is old. It's just the word old, like it's an autofill. <laughs> but the second thing is baseball. So it's like they're they're is obviously it? legit. Really? Yeah. That's pretty wild. That's, yeah. that's actually a cool thing. Re- that region was wide open apparently, and had teams like uh, Bishop Snyder and Episcopal and Providence. But the seven and eight seed are are playing for a chance to go to the final four yeah, in awesome. that region. That's that's pretty cool. By the so, way, yeah. I'm watching these guys stretch out here. I do not miss stretching at all. Tell you what. Gosh, we should stretch before each show we do. I ain't stretching, bro. I'd say I didn't stretch in baseball. I'll tell you any any coach that I've ever had if they're listening, I never stretch. I faked it the whole that's time. That's probably why you sucked and you got hurt. That's probably yeah. Well that oh, whoa. that that was a lot. Listen, I said you could call me fat. I didn't say you could say I sucked. Um but yeah, never stretch, not gonna start now. Um, but I, I appreciate that they're stretching. That again, maybe that is why I sucked. Maybe Actually, you just figured it out. I don't know. I, I mean, I only kid because I care, and I did. I, I'm sure you didn't. I know you didn't, so I can say it like that. But to be honest with you, more yoga should be involved in in youth sports than ever before. Like That's yoga fair. should be a thing. See this right here. If you're missing this on the video feed, what does this do? Like the little circles and then the that's, big circles. Listen, man, that's your um, rotator cuff. That, like in 20 years from now, you're going to yeah. have rotator cuff surgery because you didn't do this and, and you were that guy. Well, that's fine. I can have the surgery now, but these gentlemen won't because they're stretching. That's what's important. Yeah, important, you actually man. got that. That's actually the reason why. I think you guys should take the next four minutes and stretch before Action Sports Jacks OT. I ain't stretching, bro. Touch your toes, Casey Kurtz. My toes? Yeah, touch your toes. Middleton. Oh, touch that's my toes. Lo- that's a long way down to your toes, pal. Oh, I can touch my toes. That's cap. really. You yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's cap. That is cap. Report back on that because at, if, at six foot, what are you, six eight? Yeah. And you can touch hair. your toes. That's impressive. Yeah. That's cap. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, we'll have all the highlights tonight from a bunch of different games in the area tonight on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Tomorrow hits the Bullies House of Cards in St. Johns County. So come on up, say hello to us there at 3 o'clock. Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks OT with Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. They'll uh, share some yoga with you and talk sports next on ESPN 690. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.